Coming up on today's show. AI is here. It's not going anywhere. So you might as well use it. Either you use it or you're just going to be left behind. Welcome to another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, featuring interviews with guests who are having success in entertainment, primarily music. I am Bruce Wozniak, talking to guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Get in touch with me by writing to podcast at nhte.net, or instead of email, you're welcome to DM me through the at Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Detroit, my guest is a content creator and keynote speaker who was a Las Vegas nightclub promoter for more than 11 years and now coaches musicians on how to establish themselves and make a career, saying, quote, all musicians know how to be creative, but not all know business and marketing, end quote. He is also a practitioner in positive psychology, which he says is done so his clients don't end up joining the 27 Club. Over the years, he has been a part of events that have included the likes of Tiesto and Steve Aoki, among other notable names in entertainment. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Drew Schroeder. Hey, Bruce. How's it going? Wonderful. Thank you for being here, Drew. Yeah, for sure. And please bear with me for just a minute while I talk to the audience about this sort of break in the pattern of the typical guests on this show. Number one, audience, it's just nice to mix things up once in a blue moon. Number two, on a related note, I don't want anyone to feel as though uh, he just has one singer, songwriter, recording artist after another on his show week after week. And number three, Drew is going to show us an entirely different side of the entertainment industry that I really don't think has ever been presented by a guest in the now 10 years of the show and besides all that, it's somewhat timely to have someone talk about entertainment in Las Vegas, what with that city having just had the eyes of the world on it two and a half weeks ago for the Super Bowl. So anyhow, Drew, thank you for allowing me that. And let's get started by having you talk about having promoted Las Vegas nightclubs for more than 11 years. Tell the audience what all that consisted of, because after you do, I already have a follow-up question planned that's actually going to provide a teaching moment for anyone listening who is an aspiring performer themselves. Of course. So basically what I did was I worked for both independently and also for the venues at all of the major nightclubs in Las Vegas. Well, at one point or another, I've worked at all of them. Mm. I still continue to network with them and work with the venues, but now I've moved on to pretty much starting an agency, helping musicians help people out. But to Las Vegas, my job was to walk around the strip and just invite people to my nightclub. And sometimes when people hear that and they've been to Vegas, they just think of the people that flick the flyers and they, you know, the prostitution cards. And that's not what I did by far. What I did was I invited them to my nightclub for, you know, a reduced admission or free admission. Or sometimes if you go through me and my guest list, you'd get free drink tickets, oh. you know, stuff like that. And then, you know, I, got paid to go out to my nightclubs and to other nightclubs and just meet new people and to network as much as possible. Mm. I would go out every single night and every single day that I wasn't working and I would still technically be working because it was more like a lifestyle. 
And I've just met so many people in my life. They say that the average person meets about 10,000 people in their life. I don't know how true that is, but huh. if that is, I've doubled that in phone numbers alone. Wow. I've cold approached, walked up to over a quarter of a million people. Mm. And I've generated, I don't even know how many millions of dollars to these nightclubs because not only that, I also sold the VIP tables. I was that asshole that would stand in front of the club and say, sorry, you can't come in because you're wearing those shoes or, you know, you have holes in your jeans, so I I can't let you in. Uh, And people would spend hundreds of dollars for these tickets, but that's just the dress code rules and I just had to enforce them. I would also get commission to invite girls to my VIP tables. So I quite literally got paid to party (laughs) and just have fun and hang out with these DJs and, you know, major artists. But, you know, what you said there about talking to people on the strip, I think you've already put a whole different perspective on it because for those of us that have been to Las Vegas, there's almost too much there and you don't know, well, how do I even know which club to go to? How do I know which one is going to be good versus just seeing ad after ad after ad all over the city, in your hotel room, everywhere you turn, and it's almost kind of too much information. So to have a qualified person standing in front of you to say, come to insert club name here tonight because, and they tell you, you shrug your shoulders and you go, yeah, that, that actually sounds pretty good. As opposed to, I don't know, this flyer was on the table in, in the in the lobby in my hotel. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone wants a personal connection with someone, you know, that's what makes us human. So like there's some people that, you know, they see an e-flyer on social media because they got targeted with an ad, or they see a big billboard, but people ignore billboards nowadays. But if I'm walking up to people and if I'm saying, hey, do you guys want free tickets to go see Little John tonight? Little John has a very big demographic. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you listen to hip hop, EDM, it doesn't matter. He has by far one of the best like wide demographics. A lot of people know who he is from Dave Chappelle, you know? <laughs> But I would just walk up to them and say, hey, do you guys want to go see Little John tonight for free? And of course, who would say no to that, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And uh, that's when I say, cool, I I can put you on my guest list. It's free. I just need your name and how many people. I exchange contact details, usually with phone number. And then I text them right then and there. And then I say, I'll text you a little bit later just to follow up with you. And then if you have any questions, let me know. And if not, that's cool. Your name is your ticket and I'll see you tonight. And then I follow up with them two or three times throughout the night. And then sometimes I would be out front of the nightclub to try and host them to, you know, get them in, make sure that they're Mm. dressed properly, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And um, yeah, and then go party after my shift. (laughs) So then my follow up question is this. And again, for those of you that are aspiring performers, there's an opportunity to learn here from Drew. We've all been in situations where we see someone who we think is about to try to sell us something, right? In the mall or, yes, walking down the strip in Las Vegas, and we get nervous. Oh, my gosh, don't talk to me. I don't want it. Yet, Drew, I sense that there's a similarity between someone like you reading people on the street, their body language, their eye contact, or the lack thereof, and performers needing to be able to read a crowd from the stage. Yeah. So there are a lot of people on the strip or even now that I have my own business 
people just think that it's a scam. You know, how is, you know, seeing little John for free, how is that possible? Or Steve Aoki or, you know, Tiesto or, you know, Drake. How are you going to give me free tickets to Drake, huh? Yeah, what's the catch? The catch is you just get there before a certain time. And when I have tickets in my hand and, you know, people are skeptical when they start walking away. Yeah, right. You know, I say tickets are on my hand. You literally just have to take these tickets. Wow. And that is usually enough for them to be like, all right, all right, okay. And then I tell them what the catch is, which is, you know, getting there before a certain time because, you know, you can't just show up at the club at 3 a.m. expecting to get in when the club's about ready to close, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, when it comes to selling, there's a three-step process. The process is find a desire that people want. Step number two is disturb them in a way that thinking, huh, I don't have that desire. And then step number three is using your product or service to guide them Mm. into, you know, your product or service. And that is within any industry. That's just how it works. And how I like to think of it as, you know, our brains pretty much work on the pain pleasure principle based off of Sigmund Freud. You know, people will do more things to, push away from pain than to gain pleasure, but they're both driving forces. And I just came up with a three word on how to sell anything. It's just, wow, why not? Three words. Wow. Why not? (laughs) Wow is the emotion that you put behind something. And then the why not is the justified reason of why not to have it. Why can't I have it right now? And because people just buy things off of emotion but they justify the purchase with logic. Mm. And if you know how to implement that into selling anything by appealing to people's desires, creating that wow factor, and then overcoming objections with logic, logical reason to buy something right now, because now is the scarcity, because people get familiar with things and then they're like, hey, I was going to buy it, but I don't know. That's how it always happens. So it's always, wow, why not? Yeah, and I'm picturing the Las Vegas scenario as well as the one that I said, which is performers needing to be able to read a crowd from the stage. So I'm thinking of the three-step process that you talked about. And so if you're a performer on stage, you look at that crowd and you pick out someone whose body language tells you, I'm slumped over, I'm not looking at the artist, I'm moping around. And so you see that they have a need, they want to have a good time. They chose to be there that night, and you have what they need, which is the energy, the music coming off of the stage. So, and, and, you know, for you in a situation like talking to someone on the strip, why not tonight? Because otherwise you're going to leave in a few days to go back home, and you're going to have regret next week that I really should have gone to that club that night. Now I'm back home in Insert City here, and I can't. Yeah, so, yeah, to go back to how I read the crowd, there's two different ways. I mean, there's a lot of different ways, but two main ways that I like to judge. So if I'm promoting someone like, you know, if I'm promoting an EDM artist, then there is like a certain genre. I look at their genre of clothing. Mm. Generally, I have an idea just based off of the genre of clothing. And then the other way is I just talk to everybody because I've gotten people into nightclubs 21 and up, you know, like if all shapes, sizes, all different backgrounds. I've gotten people that you wouldn't expect wanting to go to a strip club, but they come up to me. And also what 
helps with all of that is the way that I dress too, because there's a lot of promoters on the strip that don't exactly know how to dress. So people uh. kind of steer away from them. But reading the crowd in the practical sense of genre of clothing, that's a really good indicator. Okay. Okay. Because you were connected to so, so many nightclubs in Las Vegas, talk about people who would hand you stuff unsolicited as it relates to them wanting you to help them get booked. Meaning, I'm sure people knew who you were and would think, ooh, that Drew Schroeder guy knows people in the clubs. Maybe if I give him my card or my music or whatever, he can put in a good word for them to book me to perform there. In my opinion, that's a bit of a reach, but what was your experience with those situations? Again, another potential teaching moment. Yeah, so there's a teaching moment for me in a couple of different ways. For one, when people would hand me the card, their business card or their CD, by the way, some of the CDs were blank. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'd have to direct them to the website because as a club promoter in Las Vegas, my job isn't to book artists. My job was to just to pack the venue in any way possible. So any artists, if you want to work for the nightclubs in Las Vegas, then I would recommend just going to the website directly is as cliche as that sounds, that's yeah. the actual process. You know, I wasn't a booking agent, but nowadays I'm starting an agency where I am able to book, maybe not in Las Vegas and depending on the artist, but my business Schroeder Productions LLC, people can go to stagemasterclass.com and they can just learn how to start booking gigs from their home city or how to start building a network that way. And it's all completely free. Most people, they teach the why and sell the how. I do both. I love that you said as cliched as it sounds, because I'm sure that felt frustrating to someone who's like, no, but your job is to fill the clubs and I'm really good. So if they book me, I'll fill the club. Ha ha ha. You can take the night off. No, you really have to go through the website. Like I'm not just trying to blow you off. So I love that you're giving the advice. Listen, if these are the places that you want to perform, you really have to go to the website. It's not somebody trying to blow you off. They're just saying this is the most efficient process for us. This is how we want to screen applicants. So yes, really submit through the website. Exactly. And it's more than just handing out your business card to a whole bunch of people thinking that like, you know, I hope someone's going to call me, but if you actively try a different approach, which is reaching out to the venues that you actually want to perform at, that'd be better than just, you know, handing out your business card to just everybody and everything, but try and get their contact details. Well, One thing that you're really, really big on as we're starting to hear is networking. What I just described, someone randomly handing you their card or their music, is not networking. But I wonder, though, what do you say in terms of networking when it comes to indie music artists who are introverted? So Carl Jung came up with the concept of introverted and extroverted. And when he came up with that, he didn't mean to label anyone that's contrary to the popular belief. Just like that's the current behavior. Like tonight I'm feeling introverted. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're just going around saying I'm an introvert, I can't go out. I'm an introvert. I can't go out because quite honestly, growing up, I was an introvert. I played RuneScape for six years of my life, Mm. you know? And as soon as I 
was of age, I started going to nightclubs because I'm like, man, I got to get this, you know, I got to be more social, you know? So it just depends on like, why is it a better idea to go out and start networking? And you have to have that tipping point of, you know, the reasons why to network and why you're doing it, you know? And when it balances out of, man, I got to do something with my life. I got to get this music business going. You know, I'm stuck at my nine to five job. I can't do this anymore. Well, that's when you should really start considering going out and practicing Mm. because being social is just like anything else. It's a skill. So going out and just, you know, getting those awkward conversations out of the way and just get better at talking to people, even if it is just cold approaching people like how I did. Well, and some of what you're saying reminds me of episode 521 a few weeks ago with Cassidy Ray, and she talked about that performing on Carnival Cruise Lines, her piano was in the center of the lounge and the audience would be around her. And I said, still, though, somebody could make the decision in that case. I'm just going to put my head down and stare at the keys. I'm just going to play and sing and I'm not going to interact. And before you know it, the audience is going to walk away. So I love what you're saying because somebody could sit and complain about their music career isn't going anywhere. They're not being booked. Well, don't hang your hat on, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. I don't like crowds. I stay home. Well, of course, your career is not going to go anywhere if you're not out shaking hands and kissing babies and meeting the people who are going to hire you. Of course. And what people end up doing is, you know, if they do book a gig and they don't interact with the crowd, then they don't really build their social media. One thing that you could do is people that are clapping or, you know, people that are enjoying your music after your show and even before your show, start interacting with your crowd, networking, get their, you know, social media, have them follow you, have them subscribe and say, I'm performing in a couple of minutes. You'll see. Or if you grab like one of those dot cards that just scan on your phone, Mm. you can set that up and just, slap it on their phone, and then they have all your contact details. I love it. I love it. So now that we've heard you in some teaching moments, as I call them, tell us about the coaching that you do with musicians. Yeah. So one of the things that I do is breakthrough coaching, which entails a few different steps. But a lot of people, they get stuck. They feel burnt out. They're overwhelmed. They don't know what to do. They feel like they're getting pulled in a whole bunch of different directions. So what I do with my clients is I find out what they actually want, what their main outcome is. Then I find out why do they want it? What is their true purpose of why they want that outcome? And then I help them figure out the clear actions to get to that outcome. When someone feels burnt out or overwhelmed, it's not because they've been working too hard, like more or less. It's the fact that If they're overwhelmed, they don't know what their outcome is anymore. I can use this as an example, right? Say if you wanted to lose weight, right? Mm -hmm. And your goal is to lose 20 pounds and you think, okay, I'm going to go for a run every day, but then you sprain your ankle. Then you might be thinking, I can't go for a run anymore. That means I can't lose weight. But that's not true. Uh, Your goal wasn't to run. It was to lose weight. uh, So what are some other ways? There's TDEE, you know, total daily energy expenditure, taking in less calories. There's also, you know, hey, it's a lot easier to work out when you're swimming. So maybe you can try swimming. Or what if you don't like running? 
you know, and you want to try something else. There's a whole bunch of different ways to get to that one outcome. You mentioned before, and I'm glad that you did. It's almost like you knew what I was going to ask you eventually. In sales, they talk about overcoming objections. Yes. Performers would consider it logical to invest in a vocal coach or someone to help them with stage presence or, say, guitar or piano lessons. But they would second guess, why a music business coach? I would love to hear your take on that. Yeah. So, like it was discussed at the beginning of this podcast that most musicians, they know how to be creative, but they don't know what to do with that creativity to turn it into money, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, how to turn that passion or hobby into an actual business. They don't know how to fill out an LLC. They don't know how to make a website. They don't know how to have a business email or they don't know how to set it up correctly, or they don't know how to use AI to help them with making their music video or how to reach out to other businesses or how to land gigs. They just create music and they just have a huge archive of music, but they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So that's when I come in, I can help them with breakthroughs with, you know, if they're stuck or overwhelmed or if they need personal one-on-one consultations to figure out where they're at right now and where they want to go. Those are great examples and shame on me. Boy, I, I always pride myself on having this bizarre mental Rolodex of past interviews, and I know it was just in the last couple of weeks, but I made reference to the guy or the gal that says, all that other stuff that I know has to be done, I get it, but I just want to play shows. That's it. I just want to play shows. And oh, I wish I could remember who the guest was, but they said, yeah, that there are people like that, and I get it. You know, But those are the kind of people that need a Drew Schroeder to say, okay, so you know, let me show you if you're so hell-bent on just playing shows we still got to do stuff so that, as you described before, Drew, when people come and see you and they enjoy your show and they're talking to you afterwards and saying, man, that was awesome. You can go, okay, you want to know where I'm going to be next? And you got to have all these things in place so they can yeah. follow you on Instagram. They can go on a website to look at upcoming shows, et cetera. Exactly. They need their own funnel that they can you know, either put money or prospects into and it'll generate even more money. And you can't just like sit around all day just thinking, oh, I wish someone would book me shows. It's like (laughs) literally no one is going to do it but you. (laughs) Like nobody cares except for you, your level of care. Well, let's not leave out the part of the funnel of how did they get into the funnel in the first place. So you're talking to someone after the show. Man, I loved your show. That was really great. We enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, what brought you in tonight? Oh, we're staying here at the hotel. Or, oh, I saw a Facebook ad or... You know, my buddy told me that he saw whatever. You got to know how they got into the funnel in the first place so you know what kind of lead gen is working for you or how you can improve it. Yeah, when people just don't know what to do next, those are the people that get screwed over by the record labels if they have like a Mm. lot of talent, if you think about it. Wow. So like, I don't know how that whole business stuff works. So I'm just going to let someone else do it. I'll just hire someone. Well, you know, then you're going to end up signing a contract because you don't know business. And then next thing you know, your masters are gone. Mm. Right. Wow. There's also something really big that happened recently that has to do with music on TikTok. Drew had a very insightful post about this on his LinkedIn. But before I have him explain that to you, I am joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Detroit by content creator, keynote speaker and music business coach Drew Schroeder. Connect with him on LinkedIn and or follow him on Instagram through at Drew Club Promoter. You will also want to find and subscribe to his YouTube channel 
which is simply at Drew Schroeder. We're going to be talking about that coming up as well. Additionally, stagemasterclass.com is where you can go for his nine-step process and how to launch a successful music career. I will put a link to that on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. Drew, as you're hearing, is like me. He is very big on networking. That's part of the reason why I tell you each week about the OWL app. If you are an introvert, you don't have to worry about leaving the house to go to a networking event. You sit home and find experts you'd like to connect with and call them through the app. Actual voice calls, but yet you don't have to give out your number. Yesterday, I wanted to talk to someone that I've spoken with before on there, but they weren't live, which simply meant that they weren't taking calls at the moment. But thanks to the request to go live button, I was able to just tap that so that they then get a push notification saying that I've requested that they go live on OWL. When they do, I then get notified and boom, then I can call them. Remember, this is not a sponsor. They're not paying me to talk about them. I've just really found a lot of benefit and I love networking so much that that's why I talk about them all the time. So get in on all this. The app has really taken off. On my podcast website, nhte.net, tap or click anywhere it says home and then read the article I have there under the headline, Help Now a Phone um, App Call Away. There are links in that article to get OWL. By the way, that's like the bird except with two W's and two L's. You can get it through the links in that article for free from the App Store and from Google Play. Plus, you will see the invitation code, which is a required field as you're setting it up on your phone. Call me on there. Just 10 minutes. That's all. We can talk about this show or about podcasting or about something that you might need my help with. I look forward to hearing from you on OWL. Drew, right before that, I mentioned about a major development that occurred recently as it relates to TikTok and music discoverability on that platform, which you said on LinkedIn, quote, has created a vacuum for new music, end quote. Can you share with the audience what I'm referring to? Yeah. So in recent news, UMG, the Universal Music Group, is the largest music record label of you know, our generation, or if not all time, they pulled out of TikTok just recently. Anyone that is a musician or anyone in the entertainment industry should know this because this is pretty big news, especially if you're an independent musician, because, you know, they just ripped out all of their music from TikTok. So there's a huge void on TikTok right now where people just, they want to start using music for the background of their videos and they can't with umg anymore they can't with taylor swift they can't with you know everyone so one thing that people could do is they can just start going live on tiktok and the threshold to go live on tiktok is so minuscule and all you need is you know follow their guidelines and have a thousand followers on tiktok and then you're good and you could just do that with anything you could put your live concert on live and you could start creating music, show them the process on your live. And while you're live on TikTok, just set up a tripod, you know, just have a little camera thing that holds your phone, just go live and then just let it play in the background, answer questions every once in a while. Who knows if you're DJing live on TikTok, people might donate to you or, you could practice for hours. I mean, what is a performance really? You know, if you're out at a venue, what is a performance? You're pretty much practicing. You're just showing what you got, right? Mm. So if you could just perform in your room, 
you know, or if you're just riffing or if you're doing cover songs or fan requests, you could even play video games with your music or mixes in the background and have people follow you. The, the reason why I'm saying TikTok specifically is because right now, as far as I can see, it's the only app that you will constantly show up in the For You page. When it comes to Instagram Reels or YouTube Shorts, that doesn't happen. With Instagram specifically, people will get a ping notification one time and that's it. You don't show mm -hmm. up in the Reels like how TikTok does. TikTok, you could go live for hours and just keep gathering fans. Let wow. the market decide, not some like giant record label that puts your music out there. Have the market decide, have the viewers decide if they want to keep watching you or if they want to keep following you. Mm -hmm. So it, really it's all in your hands. And to get like a thousand followers, it's really easy. You just post, you know, your progress or even, you know, the new music, document your journey until you get to a thousand followers. And then as soon as you get to a thousand followers, boom, you could literally just pop off and get a thousand followers today. Basically, if you are good enough, if your music is actually good and who knows, you might even get some good tips in the comments as well. Well, and I like those examples that you were just giving, because I always tell musicians that the things that they do that are routine to them, that they think no one's interested in, people are interested in that. It's kind of like the Seinfeld episode where they were trying to write the pilot. What'd you do today? Nothing. That's a show. And so yeah. the things that you do that you think are mundane, that are boring, that, oh, this would not make good TikTok content. Yes, it would, because there are people out there that don't do what you do. So it's like you said, Drew, set your phone up on a tripod, take out your guitar, show them you writing a song or show them you learning a new cover song. Yeah, whatever it is that you're doing to them, I don't know how to do that. So I'm envious that I'm getting to watch this person play their guitar or write their song or play their piano or whatever it is that they're doing. And all of a sudden you're building up your TikTok following in the process. And look, I'm not a musician. I was just on my TikTok live because I went TikTok live to try this out. And I was just cold emailing people and it was boring. I had lo-fi girl playing in the background and I had a sign that said grinding, emailing. I make creator ads. I make ads for, you know, these venues in Detroit and Las Vegas. I make ads for, you know, another business that I have. So like that is my call to action is on a sign. You have a sign in the background, call to action if you want them to follow you or to donate to you. And then you just show them what you're doing, which is, you know, like I said, I was cold emailing. They didn't even see my screen. They just saw me <laughs> and eating, you know? <laughs> so I was mentioning the different places where people can find you online. I did not say TikTok. What is your TikTok handle? So I have two TikToks. The one I was referring to is my vegan cooking show, Chubby Cucumber. That's my bigger account. The one that I would recommend people to um, go see, or the one that would be more related to this podcast would be Drew Club Promoter, just like everything else. Okay. Okay. In addition to TikTok, one of the real hot topics continues to be AI. Drew, on your YouTube channel, there's a video called How to Make a Fire Album with AI in 2024. Of course, we want people to just go watch that. Plus, it's 32 minutes long, so you're not going to give it all away in one answer to one question. But can you just kind of do a teaser as to what people will see when they watch that video on your YouTube? Because, wow, honestly, I don't know that I would have thought of connecting AI with making an album. Yeah. Can we talk about AI for a little bit just past my video as well? Because AI is here. It's not going anywhere. So you might as well use it. Mm -hmm. 
either you use it or you're just going to be left behind. If you're not using things like ChatGPT, if you're not using things like MidJourney, you're already over a year behind everybody else because mm. everyone is using it, you know? So with ChatGPT, it's all about the prompts that you use. You can't just, I mean, you can, you could just type anything into it and it'll just give you a list of things. You could just say, I'm writing an album about my struggles and then it'll give you a list of ideas or it'll summarize uh. anything. But what's most important about this, Bruce, is that you have to learn how to ask it the correct way. Mm-hmm. So in the video, I walk people through how to create a premise all by yourself without using AI, how you come up with a premise, because we all want the album to be unique to ourselves, right? Sure. So once you have a premise, established premise that is, you know, a driving force behind your album, then you have to make it entertaining, right? So one of the prompts that I like to use is, and this is the exact prompt, do you know the hero's journey? And then ChatGPT will say, yes, I do know the hero's journey. And then it'll text everything out. It'll summarize what the hero's journey is. Then you have to reward it because it probably got it correct, the hero's journey, which if people don't know what the hero's journey is, it's the perfect story arc that everybody loves. And that's every hit album, every hit smash movie that's ever hit the box office, everything. It's usually one of two things. It's either the hero's journey or save the cat. So you have it prompt. Do you know hero's journey? It says, yes, I do. It summarizes it. Then you have to reward ChatGPT by saying, thank you. So that way ChatGPT knows it does it a good job. Uh Then you ask it, do you know save the cat? And then it'll say, yes, I do know save the cat. It'll summarize it. So now you have it prompt with both Hero's Journey and Save the Cat. It knows it because ChatGPT is a conversation that you have with it, right? And then you say, okay, thank you for, you know, Save the Cat. And then you say, create me a unique story arc using both the Hero's Journey and Save the Cat. Uh, And then it'll say, okay. And then it'll prompt a whole new story arc that's very unique to you. And then you say, thank you for that unique story prompt. My album is about my struggles with whatever, you know, your unique premise. And then create me 12 unique track ideas for uh, my new album. And then it'll tell everything out for you. Wow. And then there you go. You actually have a premise for each title of Mm. the song. And you don't have to copy it verbatim, you know, tweak it however you want. But that's a really good brainstorming technique. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, folks, go and watch that video anyways. Like I said, it's 32 minutes long. And as you can tell, it's going to be time well spent. And while we're talking about your YouTube channel, there's another one that's over 21 minutes long called Step-by-Step Guide to a Successful Music Career. I take it that that's different from what people will find when they go to the website I gave out, stagemasterclass.com? Well, if you go to stagemasterclass.com, it's just a squeeze page, which basically it's a website with just like, you put in your email address and just hit enter and then you'll just join my newsletter, right? But my nine steps from zero to 100, it just gives you the general broad strokes of how to start from zero followers you know, zero fans, zero everything on social media and how to start to book gigs, 
and how to scale to, you know, the Grammys or whatever your unique goal is and how to actually form a business. Okay. So while we're at this point in the conversation, way, way back at the start of all this in the intro, I said that you are a practitioner in positive psychology, which you say is done so your clients don't end up joining the 27 Club. Now, for the benefit of anyone out there that doesn't know what that is, just impart some background on them of what the 27 Club is so that we have this all in context now. Yeah. So the 27 Club is a long list of celebrities, musicians, entertainers, comedians that die at the age of 27. You know, you don't even really have to be 27 years old specifically, but I'm talking about Mac Miller. I'm talking about Amy Winehouse, Whitney Houston, Prince, Kurt Cobain, people that just died too early from drugs or suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin. There's so many of them. And you would think looking up to these people, our idols, people that we love their music and they sell out these shows, they go platinum, double platinum, so many, you know, you think this person has it all. Why do they have to waste their life with drugs or why are they so miserable? They don't even have to be an alcoholic or anything, but they're just so miserable. Why is that? It's because they don't have the one thing that they actually need and that is fulfillment, Mm. happiness. And so I teach with very practical steps on how to, you know, feel fulfilled and enjoy the process, which is, you know, through gratitude and appreciation. You don't have to believe in a God, you know, it's everything that I teach is secular, but if you're religious, it'll work for you as well. And it's all about what are you grateful for right now? Mm. You know? Wow. And there's two types of happiness. There's hedonic. Hedonic is pleasure, chocolates, caressing, money, it's hedonic. But what we really need is what's called in stoicism, it's eudaimonia, which is that long-term fulfillment and gratitude and appreciation. And when you learn how to ask yourself better questions, instead of like, why am I such a failure? Or why can't I get this right? Why can't I just have shows booked for me, right? Mm -hmm. Why me, right? But instead, like, what could I be grateful for right now if I really wanted to be grateful? That's a good question right there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the questions that we all ask ourselves. If you ask yourself a lousy question, why am I so fat? Well, your brain will come up with a lousy answer, which is, well, I mean, you did eat that, you know, pizza all to yourself last night, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. but instead of looking forward, we have to learn how to be present and being present is enjoying the moment right now. Like learn how to surf the waves of life instead of, you know, swimming out to the middle of the ocean, looking for a cup of water, (laughs) right? And then you get a cramp in your leg and then you drowned, you know, like I want people to learn how to surf the waves of life. I don't want people to climb up Mount Everest and look down and realize, damn, I'm in the same spot. Mm. I want people to feel fulfilled. And when there's so much more focus on that, then I believe that people really, they release their real true creative power because they become more resourceful. Well, and I'm hearing the passion in your voice and audience. I'm hoping and assuming that you are as well. So clearly we've touched upon 
something that's near and dear to your heart. I, I do want to lighten things up a bit and have a little fun. People will see when they look you up on Instagram that you've had several brushes with greatness. Is there one in particular that stands out either because of who it was that you got to meet or the circumstances surrounding it? You know, I've just met so many people in my life. I feel like I'm just fulfilled for what I have right now. The things that I've accomplished in my life, it's just, it's hard to, you know, figure out which thing that I've enjoyed the most. One of the things that I've had the privilege to do was get invited to the Billboard Awards in 2019 mm. and sit behind Drake and Whoa. watch him get his award. Whoa. And, you know, the being invited backstage to, you know, Dylan Francis, Arla Grime, Tiesto, or Zed. It's just like the privilege of I've enjoyed your music and people like Steve Aoki, right? Mm -hmm. Before I even moved to Las Vegas, I watched the movie Project X and I actually ended up throwing a party like Project X. You know, it was my going away party to go to Las Vegas. It was a big mess. Mm. But what really got me to do that was the movie Project X. Now, if you've ever listened to the soundtrack of Project X, there's Steve Aoki in there, The Pursuit of Happiness, his remix. Mm. So I had the privilege to meet Steve Aoki. And you know what? He is one of the nicest people I have ever met. He was so genuine and so nice. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And like, so it just felt like that day and I've hung out with him a couple of times. It feels like that came full circle. So you mentioned the Billboard Awards. What city yeah. was that in and, and what venue, what arena or theater was that in? Yeah, it was at the Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. So cool. So cool. I think you might have answered my final question already, but I'm going to ask it anyways as we get ready to wrap up here. Thinking back to the work that you're doing coaching musicians, what is your why? Why do you do what you do? I like to just figure out why people do what they do. I love to just meet new people. We are social creatures. You, me, your audience, my audience, we're all social creatures. So I just love to meet new people. And, you know, this is coming from someone that I've dated so many different nationalities. I love to just experience people and be in the moment with them. And that's what I, I love, you know, and not to mention that the reason why I chose musicians is like, there are so many really good artists. Like I was listening to someone two days ago. He sent me his track. I've never heard his music before. And then he sent me his music that he doesn't want to release to anyone else. I'm like, it should be a crime not to release this to the public. You are doing the world a disservice because of what you have hidden away from everybody else. They're like, Oh, well, thank you. But it's not that good. I'm like, no, seriously. Mm. Like, why do you want to do this? right? Mm. If you want to hide it from everybody, you have to get out there. And, you know, I want to make sure that people don't get screwed over by the big record labels. There's just so many different reasons, but this is just a strong driving force for me to just help out the musicians because, you know, they know how to be creative, but a lot of them, they don't know the business side or they don't know how to turn their hobby into a business. Well, and as I said a few minutes ago, I love your passion. I can hear it sincerely. Drew and I don't know each other, so I'm not just saying that because 
we're friends or anything. He and I just met and it just comes through so clearly. And I think that's what people look for is someone that's going to be passionate, is going to believe in them, is going to believe in their music. So, Drew, thank you so much for everything that you shared. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you for making time to be on Now Hear This Entertainment. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you so much for inviting me onto your show. My pleasure. My pleasure. And with that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to content creator, keynote speaker, and music business coach, Drew Schroeder. As I said before, find and connect with him on LinkedIn. Plus, I have followed him on Instagram, and I'm sure he would appreciate you doing the same. He is at Drew Club Promoter on there, which you heard him say is also his TikTok handle as well. You also heard us talking about his YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe and then watch and like the videos on there. His YouTube channel is simply at Drew Schroeder. For that matter, tell Drew you heard him on Now Hear This Entertainment. And one final reminder that stagemasterclass.com is where you can go for his nine-step process on how to launch a successful music career. I will have a link to that on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. I do truly hope that you like this show, that you're enjoying what I'm doing every week on the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast. If you've made it all the way to the end, thank you for having stuck with Drew and I. And I'm going to assume that that means that you do like the podcast. You can take action to let me know that you appreciate the work that I do to keep making this show happen every week, every month, 10 years now without missing once by going on my podcast website, nhte.net and then using the yellow Buy Me a Coffee logo that you will see there. This is not a sponsor. It's not affiliated with any brand or chain. It's just a fun way for you to send your support, your thanks to me, including a note that I will see when you utilize that option. You can also just head directly to buymeacoffee.com slash Bruce W. That's going to do it for episode 524. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll talk to you again next week on another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment.